Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hedlund. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello everyone. Uh, This is Leif and uh, welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. And I have this incredible privilege of having, I, I wanted to say, both an old friend and a new friend. Uh, to some degree, I, I feel like I've known him for a very, very long time. But uh, at least Stephen is a dear friend. And I have been so excited personally speaking after having several encounters uh, in the last couple of years, and especially about this next generation. And I just had, uh, had to learn or confess that, uh, that I do need to learn to speak their language better. And then I heard several of my friends talking about, hey, there is this guy named Steven Robertson and, and nobody is as fluent in this language to be able to speak to that generation, to connect with them. And in the next moment now helping so many other people to be able to uh, touch the hearts of that generation. That is so, so valuable for us. So Stephen, welcome here to our Kingdom Family Talk. Thank you, Leif. And thank you for wel- welcoming Colleen and I to Atlanta. It's been, a, it's been a two-year journey. We got interrupted by a sickness in the country. <laughs> this COVID thing, we were supposed to be here just over two years ago. And eventually we're here. Excited to be with you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, just share with our people out there a little bit of uh, who you are. And I know I got to meet your wonderful wife, Colleen. But uh, share a little bit about your family and some of the things that you, that you do. And then also we want just to connect to your special sauce. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> so Colleen and I were both born in South Africa, moved over to the States 25 years ago with our two children who were born in South Africa. Um, I managed to sell a business in South Africa and moved over to join another business here. And the passion that we have um, in our business is connecting with the youth. So we've been able to run programs, summer camps, summer style programs for hundreds of thousands of students from more than 140 countries around the world coming together in, at different universities and in different cities around America to experience a whole range of different things. And so the quick connect of that journey of Colleen and I coming over here is we've been able to be um, front-facing with all these students, families, and even as the students age out a little bit and come and work in the summer programs, we've been able to see that entire journey. And about 15 years ago, which sounds like a long time, 15 years ago, we noticed something was different. And from a marketing perspective to make our business successful, from a programming perspective to make our business successful, we knew that if we didn't start to make some changes in what we were doing and how we were doing it, we wouldn't be in business for much longer. And so we started to make some adjustments and changes, and it's been really successful for us. Um, To give you a sense, we are probably in the region of about 30,000 weeks of camp this past summer, which was about 70% because COVID is still playing, playing a little bit of a game. We will this summer hire approximately 2,000 seasonal staff. And so hiring all that staff from around the country, around the world, training them to be able to deliver, that's given us some insight into, you know, what's going on with this next generation. And this next generation, just to frame it a little bit, is roughly 26-ish to 11, somewhere around there. Um, 
and why this is an important conversation is when I was growing up, my mom would look at me and think, he's just a teenager going through a phase. Don't worry, he'll snap out of it and he'll become human and start behaving like he's supposed to. <laughs> well, in some ways I did. And I think a lot of us are feeling like that for this next generation, Gen Z. But the truth is that they are actually fundamentally different and there's so much data around that to, to support that. And so understanding that and figuring out how do we connect with them, how do we come alongside them, that part of the journey is what we've spent the better part of 15 years figuring out how to do because 52% of the world population is currently under the age of 30. So whether you're a parent, whether you're an employer, whether you're in, the, in, in any space, you realize that the bulk of that our market in terms of who we engage with, sell to, work with is under the age of 30. And they, their perspective on the world and the way they're actually wired um, makes it just a very different journey. So that's a quick sum summary. But, but what would be the difference then, I know age group, but in a sense, what would be some difference between say millennials, I, I have four millennials, yeah. my own kids, and then now Gen Z that came along here. I and, love that. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm gonna give you a quick tour of something called the perfect storm. But I'm gonna first give you a bad analogy, okay? <laughs> so the, and I'm saying up front it's bad, okay? So if you take a can of blue paint, and you pour some yellow paint into it and you stir it, mm. what will end up happening is you'll have green at the center that slowly starts to turn the entire can green. So if you look at that can in this way, every generation is blue, with the exception of Gen Z and Alpha generation, which is the youngest, right? Generation Alpha is now up to about 11 and still being born. Mm -hmm. And as you pour this yellow in and stir, slowly the green goes out. And so what, I, what that's showing us is that in the center, this green little spot that you have in the center, that is Gen Z. Now, why is that important? It's important because Gen Z has never been blue. They've only ever been green. Okay, if you can picture, picture that kind of analogy, they've come into this world as green and slowly the rest of the world's becoming green. So now what is this green or how did this green happen? This yellow paint, is really what we call the perfect storm. And there's four things that have made them green from the start. Technology, world news, social media, leading and parent, leaders and parenting, or leading and parenting. So those four things, which we can unpack in a whole lot of detail, is the yellow paint that's come into the, into the blue paint. And when you look at the center, millennials are just outside of that green paint. They've spent a time in their lives where they were blue where technology wasn't what it is today, where leadership and social media and world news weren't impacting lives like they are today. And, and slowly but surely, millennials are gonna turn green, are already turning green in, in some ways before everybody else. So I don't know if that analogy makes sense to you, but that is why they're so different. There's been a, a real shift in technology, those four things I said, which has really created them from the outset. They've come out of the, the box, their default, wiring and the default programming has been with, a, the, with the impact of that storm has impacted them differently than anybody else. And slowly as it ripples out, the impact of technology and news and social media starts to impact our lives a little bit by little bit by little bit. And so millennials are certainly a little close to Gen Z, but there was an actual shift primarily driven by technology. Every generation actually flips on a technology if you go back to all through all the generations. Um, and this technology, the smartphone and AI, is what really flipped Gen Z and has caused them to really look at the world differently, engage with it differently, engage with each other differently.
Hmm. And you talk about artificial intelligence is coming into this. Oh, AI. yes. I'm a huge fan, and of course it is. And, and I just was realizing something for any one of you. I, I was laying up this morning reading this book, and it actually captivated my heart. And, but he's talked about 10 surprising truths about Gen Z. And pretty much just the, what, I, what I realized first is I don't know what I don't know. But I think that what you are helping us is starts to know what we don't know about this generation, the second stage here. So if you were to describe what would be some of the things that I think that, first of all, grandparents, parents, perhaps school teacher, oh, you're going to hire somebody. It's, it's a little bit different than, say, my class. When I came in, if you're going, to, you're going to go and get a job, and the question is not if you like your work or not. No, you're going to go and provide, and you're going to take care of your family. I mean, I'm talking about a whole worldview. I, it didn't take me a long time to realize that some of the people that you're hiring these days, it's a little bit different than the generation I came from and perhaps you came from. Yeah. So if you were to help us to talk about some of those surprising truths wow. about Gen Z. So the, <laughs> thank you, Leitha. It's such a big journey to understand because where we sit, if we're not green yet, it's hard to understand that green is green. Right? So you think, well, why don't they just behave like us? Why don't they do what we know works? Why don't they? Um, and so probably a really good place to start, and I'm not starting in any particular order, is to understand that when you look at Gen Z and the way they've grown up, the first thing you've got to understand about a generation like this is that they have access to all information. So through this, there is nothing that they don't have access to, which immediately... And that's the first time that that's ever happened in recorded history. Can you imagine that you can read, know anything in the world, you just have to look. You can listen to any song that has ever been sung, created, you have it at your fingertips. So there's the shift between previous generations being the sage on stage, I know a lot of things, let me tell you some things and make you wiser, to a generation that says, I don't really need you to tell me that, thank you. Right? Because I, I have access to that. And so we've got this first mindset of, well, what is your purpose in my life? Yeah. Right? Yeah. right? I don't particularly like you. We're not friends. You're just telling me what to do. Why? I don't need you in that, in that way. And while that, that's not entirely true, that's just the mindset that they're coming from because the, their view of the world is, is also that they are CEOs of their own lives. Now, if you think about how any of us grow up from a really young age, mom and dad look, look after you, they take care of you, send you to the best school they can, try and get you educated, all those things. And as you go through the system, the system looks after you. How would you like to do math? Would you like to do geography? What, what would you like to write your thesis on? Would you like to watch Netflix now or later? Would you like to have Uber deliver some food to you or not yet? Do you want to? So you've got this whole life that's geared around, how do I make you happy? Okay, and so what that amplifies is that I'm at the center of the universe. And what I want is important, and it's important to everybody because everybody seems to be serving me in that way. <laughs> and, and I say that somewhat joking because there's, some, there's real value in knowing who you are and, and that journey. But so they come into the workplace and all of a sudden we're saying do this or do that. And they're like, why? I don't want to. I don't want to work now. I'll work at 11 o'clock tonight when I feel like it. And so that's the second part of this journey um, that, that is really compelling to try and understand when you see the lens that they are seeing us through or the world through. And then if you think a little bit deeper, you know, this is a global thing right now. You see a, you see a generation, and there's data to prove this, that is fatherless, 
in the sense that if you just look at the, the statistics of single homes, um, both parents in the home, but parents that aren't parenting. Um, and so there's this growing up free range, which in some ways can be healthy, but there's always two sides to a story, right? And so you've got this, and then you see, well, what about identity? Who am I, who am I? what makes me tick? Um, what makes me happy? And I'm not talking about the sexual identity that's very uh, current right now, but there's this whole struggle with identity and you see a generation that's growing up what we call always becoming. Mm. So they never really get anywhere because if I turn on my phone now, I guarantee you there's some updates waiting. And I'm really good at this. I'm very techy. And so, but there's always a new update. There's always something new. And so you have this restless spirit of like, well, who am I and who do I need to be tomorrow? And who do I need to be with them with you with versus when I'm with you? And you start to bring all these things together and you realize that this generation as I said at the beginning, are not just teenagers going through a phase, they are actually fundamentally different aliens, if you want, yeah. trying to figure out how to live in this world where there's all these other people that have different mindsets and different perspectives and different expectations, and they're just trying to figure out their way. And they're not trying to be difficult, they're just wired differently. And so the foundational place where we are coming from is once you understand an alien and can speak a little bit of alien and just understand that they're wired differently, that change in perspective opens the door to communication and conversation. And as soon as that happens, you can start to build some authentic relationship. And that we've been wired, thank you, yeah. we've been wired for relationship. And so that's what this always becoming part is missing, is if there isn't this relationship, which the world is set up right now to make it difficult, um, and that's what they're lacking. So as soon as we can get through that filter, as it were, and start to build authentic relationship with them, show them that there is some value in us in their lives, that changes immediately. And you start to see a different side or perspective of a generation. And I have no idea if I answered your question or not. But I, I think you did. But I also was interested in a couple of things. One has to do with, you mentioned the eight. That, that touched me, yes. I mean, I've, I've read it last night, but eight, uh, second. eight second. So in the sense of, uh, just describe that eight second because that hit yeah. me when I saw it. So if you read any of the research that there's out there, it, it's called an eight second attention span. So millennials, 12 second attention span, congratulations, yeah. 12 seconds. <laughs> Gen Z, eight seconds, okay? The interesting study is that back in uh, the 70s, the research on goldfish was that goldfish had a three second attention span. New research just out says goldfish has nine second attention span. Wow. So goldfish is trending in the right direction, Gen Z is trending in the wrong direction, okay? But here's the thing, all that research is wrong. It's not an attention span, it's, it's a full time. Let me explain to you what I mean. And by the way, everybody that's watching this, in this area, we're green. You're not blue anymore, you are all eight second attention span. And what does that mean? That means this. There is so much that is vying for your attention. Just in our conversation today already, the number of things that are on your plate right now yeah. is just incredible. Right? <laughs> yeah. Never mind that people are calling you, texting you, the things that you need to read, the emails are waiting for you, the emails that you've said, I will read that, and three months later you still haven't read them because that article looked amazing, but you haven't got there. Yeah. So what we all do is we decide, well, what can I allow in because I can't get through all of this. Mm. So you start to filter out. And that's a good thing, but it's also a really bad thing. It's a survival tactic. But as a result, if I don't ever want you into my life, I filter you out and you will never register. Let me use a bad example. If you're a Democrat 
and you filter out everything Republican, you will never, ever, ever, ever in your life get Republican. You'll only get Democrat or vice versa. So that's how the filter works. What will you allow in? Because you can only, there's a finite amount that you can process. So if you take it one step below the eight second filter, which we all have, right? Then you get to something called the curated stream. And so in your case, you're curated into my life. I allow you into my life because I've let you through my filter. And so when you speak, when you publish, when you, I receive that and I go through that information because you've been put through my filter and you're in my curated stream. But the second life that you get boring or you don't give me content that I like anymore or you start to say, so, I can curate you out of my stream and then the chances of you getting back into that stream is really hard. So this applies to parents with their own children, this applies to leaders, to anybody. And once you get into someone's curated stream, what have I done? I've given you, Leif, permission to speak into my life. So that's how this filter works. And you've got to understand it as a leader, as someone who's training, as a teacher, as a mentor, in any of those scenarios, if you understand that process, you will only stay in my curated stream as long as I believe that you're going to give me value. Because when you don't, I can't keep you hanging on because I've got a finite amount of space that I have to dedicate to all these things that are vying for my attention. And so as crude as that sounds, that's the reality of what's going on in every single one of our lives right now. And that's how this filter works, which means I have to figure out what is valuable to you in order for you to trust me enough to allow you, allow me into your curated stream and to give me permission to speak into your life. And when I have that opportunity, if I use it well and I'm authentic and I build relationship, now we get back to what we've always wanted, a relationship between, in this case, generations, but a relationship is where you can really start to speak into each other's lives. Mm. Uh, I was also curious because I know you have a secular company. I don't like that terminology, but for people out there that in a sense that you're working uh, with the world out there, working with Philly Eagles, but you're also one of the companies that what you're doing is you, the parents sends the kids to you. I'm trying to understand, make sure. And then people that wants to go to Harvard or Yale or have just been reading different things, but who is going to influence whom in the future? They'll be sent to you. And many, many of them would then be uh, Gen Z. And then you are hiring also people. And again, a lot of them also would be yeah. in that group to be able to help to mentor and to facilitate that. So that's on that level. In the, and companies are coming to you, including when you are here in Atlanta, learn, they want to learn from you because over your years, you've learned some of this language of the aliens and learning how to communicate. And you have connected and done very well with it, as well as what I watched you, you have learned to love them, fall in love with them and honoring and what we can learn from them. And that was one thing that excited me about you. But one other question I have now, into the kingdom realm, and both you and I have bought two different worlds we're living in. One is a overt and one is a covert world. So in the sense of, now from a Christian perspective, we're living in a post-Christian culture, a Babylonian culture, the language. So now with Gen Z being aliens in that world, and now what would you also say, because I know many of our people are pastors, parents and how do I just sat with a parent yesterday weeping has a Gen Z cannot connect. There is no connection and they're just weeping. They don't know how to reach them. So if you were to give me, give us some wisdom, how do we now from a kingdom perspective, what are they actually looking for and how can Jesus, an authentic relationship with Jesus and encounter, what, are, what can we do and what can, what can you help us with in regard to if we are going to be able to reach and bring that generation in, what shifts and changes needs to happen. 
Leif, thank you, and you're right. We, we do live in two worlds, and so the language in, in the corporate space where I work and run a business um, is very much leadership style, leadership based, and the principles are really godly principles in so many ways because we know those principles are real and really work, and what do those principles do? They lead out of authenticity, and they lead with a heart that is really there um, that isn't focused only on me, but on, on who I'm, uh, I'm, I'm coming alongside. And so I, I think the start of this journey has to be a new perspective. So once you have a new lens, now you can start to truly build on it. And the problem with a new lens is it's harder to come by than you can imagine. I've always done this, it works, why would I look at something different? Why aren't they just stepping up to the plate and doing what they need to do? So that's why I spend so much time around this perfect storm and trying to help people to understand that this is a generation wired differently, not just flavored differently or not just a different attitude. So once you have that in place and you realize the forces that are at play and what they navigate on a day-to-day -day basis um, and, and potentially even just what the world looks like to them, that gives you a, a playbook to work from. So um, the most important kind of journey is if we can get out of the way, facilitate and, and, and be a part of them having an encounter, we know that that's game over, yeah. right? We, we understand that, we've seen it. The point is just that if you look at the data, getting more and more people into that position is really hard because hypocrisy, what the media says about church, or, or yeah, all those things is really hard. So trust, authentic trust is where this begins in building that relationship. And so as I said to you earlier a little bit about the filter, in order for us to lead our kids well, we've got to become the most compelling content in their life. We can't be the do this, do that. We've got to figure out what it is that if there are five influences in front of my kid or my child or my employee, what is going to be the one thing that they say, I have five spaces to fill, mom or dad or my boss is going to be one of those people because they are so compelling. So that is a lot of work. And so most people are like, oh, I haven't got time for that. I've still got, but if we want to be future-proof as businesses, if we want to be future-proof as parents, as parents, and you don't understand that that is a role you have no choice but to play, you will never make that change. So you've got to figure out how can I become compelling content? And it's really simple. It's called upskill. And that's what I teach most on in terms of when I do training with corporations and or anybody is how do we upskill our child, our employees. So they work for you in the employee space, but how can I grow them and, and upskill them? Because once they're being grown and challenged, you see, we are wired to always do hard things, to be challenged and grow, right? And so there's this dopamine brain science thing that goes with growing and being challenged and doing hard things. And if you're not doing those, you have this restless spirit like, oh, you know, is this what life's about? What am I called to do? Um, short version of that story. But the point is, is that this whole upskilling process is critical. So the best way to go about it is to come alongside your son, daughter, employee and figure out how can I grow them. Four easy ways to grow them is focus on soft skills. Mm. Communication happens to be one. Problem solving happens to be another. Perseverance happens to be another. And gratitude. So if you understand that those soft skills, um, how important those are and you can teach your children to those skills, if you can help them develop those muscles, one, they'll know that they're growing. And there's this sense of like, ah, 
right? Which helps grow a relationship. I'll give you a, an example. I was speaking to a friend that I'm, I'm running with and he's talking to me about how over Christmas, what they do is they go out and they help in a soup kitchen and then they go out for takeouts. And, and we're talking about his children specifically. And so one of the things he said to me, Steve, is like, well, how can I upskill my own children, right? And they, they're not old. So I said, okay, well, you go do these takeouts. How about something like this? How about you put the money for the takeouts in two envelopes, right? And then you hide them somewhere in the house. And when it comes time to go, I just said to them, okay, I've hidden that. So good luck, go and find the envelopes. Now, how does that play out? They both find the envelopes. They both don't find the envelopes. One finds the envelope, helps the other one find the envelope. Either way, and I said to him, worst case scenario, they don't find the envelopes. You go out for takeouts. They don't get takeouts because they don't have the money. You and your wife enjoy a takeout. They won't die. Teach them how to fast. But think about what you te- the concept that you're teaching them. More than that, when they get to school, the next day and they say, I found the money and I had takeouts and my sister didn't, or I helped my sister find, do you see what I'm saying? So it's creating this, for want of a better term, Instagram moment that they will never forget, that will be spoken about it at the dinner table or at the, at the cooler in an office that changes the environment because it boils down to narrative. We want to belong to a culture and we've got to have them, they want to buy into a culture that they feel is valuable. And so you have to create these bite-sized moments and experiences. It puts a lot of pressure on us as parents and leaders, but it is the only way because everything that we are journeying is geared to these experiences. If I'm bored with our conversation, I hop on my phone and I'll be entertained immediately. Horrible, but true. And so until I can convince you that spending some time with me is one, exciting, and two, valuable, You're not going to choose to spend time with me, but little bit by little bit, little vignettes or little bite-sized pieces like that where you are building a relationship, not based on clean your room and do what I've told you, is where relationship begins. And that's when they let you in to their curated stream. And that's where things really start to change. And in the workplace, you can do the same and you have to. And that's what I teach companies how to do. In the workplace, you have to be an accountant, but I can still upskill you in other ways and figuring out what those other ways are these little bite-sized pieces where I'm growing in spite of the job I'm doing, that's the future of leading for tomorrow. Hmm. That's amazing. I'm also interested when you're getting inside that stream, just uh, what would be some of the ways to be able to stay there? Because we're also living very quickly that I delete you quickly also. I maybe led you coming in, there was trust, but now you have to steward that. And with that generation, would it be some, some keys you can give us to help that could be parents, business leaders, but how do we steward when you started the first connection and trust with, with that, that age group? And also from a spiritual perspective, because our tendency, okay, I, got, I got a fish now, okay, yeah. where do we go from here? Yeah, and I love, I love your heart in saying that, Leif, because that's the truth. Now that I've, I've connected now, I can move on to something else, and that's not authentic, right? So just like we're in the end of January, and I don't know how many of you, me, decided we're going to work out this year. We're going to the gym, okay? And we're day 29, 30. Today, I think it's 30 or maybe 31. I forget, 30, right? Well, am I still going to the gym, right? And so that deliberate approach is the key here. When, when I um, speak in the corporate space, what I do say is if you're going to try this, and next week think there's a better solution or walk away, don't try it because you'll do more damage that way than anything. So it's 
It's a deliberate approach because here's what it is. There isn't a playbook. It has to be authentic. What can I do today that will delight Leif? And then tomorrow I have to think about what can I do today that will delight Leif again? And I, so I have to commit to a journey with Leif if I really, really want to be authentic. And that's the point. In the same way as from a spiritual perspective, the, the key is when you've had an encounter and you've come to know Jesus, I, my, my responsibility is to walk with you from then on. Now, maybe somebody else will come into your life and help with that journey, but the mindset of, okay, and move on, is not going to produce the same fruit as it used to in the past. Mm. And so our whole mindset has to change. And so the, the iris mindset of stop for the one, yeah. that's what it is. It's not about the, the, the eunuch in, uh, in the desert, the eunuch from Ethiopia in the desert we were speaking earlier. Yeah. Philip went all the way into the desert to meet one person. He left a call it the greatest revival of the time in Samaria, journeyed four days into the desert. One, because God was taking out all the distractions. He had nothing to distract him. And then he connects with this. He stopped for the one. Nothing else mattered at that moment, just the one person. And we know that the eunuch went on to impact all of Africa. And so I'm saying to you this, um, it's really hard for someone like you that is so global to come back and think, the one that Holy Spirit puts in front of me is the one that matters. And until that changes, that's all I need to do. So deliberately looking, how can I connect? How can I deliberately impact this person's life every single day? And Holy Spirit always gives thoughts and ideas. And it doesn't have to be something massive. It can just be these bite-sized pieces during the day. So all that to say, I can't let you go until I need to let you go. And that's the commitment. I need to commit to run alongside you until that relationship is bound and solid. And in so doing, that's when you get to talk into the lives and help people navigate everything that's so complicated about our world. So I know that doesn't sound like three steps, but it truly is. Commit to someone and daily just trust Holy Spirit to show you what you can do. And as you're doing it, you learn. You realize that didn't work, let me try something else. But it's your authentic, deliberate pursuit of someone, which I think is really what the foundation of this begins from. It's incredible. I do, I do want everybody, it's not, we're not doing it as commercial. I think you guys know me by now, but uh, uh, I will start to read this book and I'm gonna continue to finish this book. It's just incredible, just some of the revelation that I received. And it's not mainly for Christian audiences. This is for anyone out there. It's written for the marketplace. So I just want to encourage you to get hold of this. What I do want to do is to follow up. Uh, Hopefully we will be able to just even Zoom since we maybe do not have a chance and do a couple more following up in regard to this because it is so, so valuable. I I would like first in my life, but I believe in impartation. Uh, I cannot get the history and all of the knowledge, but I feel that there's grace that you have, love that you have for that generation, love for some of the things you've shared with us, some of that can give us some salt or giving us thirst, but we've decided even just a very simple thing, what is that one person that I'm going to walk with, or what are the small that is the new big, that there's gonna be something for each one of us that there's gonna be grace for us to start this journey together with you. So would you mind just blessing me, blessing us, and then we're gonna have lunch together so we can continue this conversation. Maybe I will record some of that too. So now, let's go ahead. Father, we just thank you that you stir our hearts for a generation. Lord, this generation could be lost to the kingdom if we don't take them seriously and pursue them. In the same way as you pursue us 
all the time, Lord. And we're just so grateful for that. I pray that you start to give us new perspective on this generation, that you start to show us what you love about them because there's so much that you love about them, but that you also give us tactics, strategies, and methods to come alongside them, connect with them, and engage in relationship with them because they are a lonely generation that need you and need to have somebody come alongside them. So Father, we just release this generation and we say, Father, we pray that you stir our hearts to go after them because we know how much you love them, Father. May each and every person who hears this today look at this next generation through a new lens and Father, may their hearts be stirred and drawn in love to chase after them, Father. We know that you will guide us every step of the way and we thank you that we don't walk this journey alone, but Holy Spirit, that you're with us every step of the way, giving us tactics and strategies. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just encourage you to even share this with some friends, any parents, perhaps your church group. But if you have anybody that, that you know, this is going to bless them and, and help all of us to, to learn this language. I'm just learning the ABC of it, but uh, my heart will be that many of you will be fluent in this language and will be able to connect in such a level. And some of you will be grandparents or fathers and mothers or just brothers and sisters coming alongside, but let us learn this language together. So thank you so much, my brother and my friend. I'm very, very grateful. Love you guys and i see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.